I'm Pastor Andrew. If we have not had the pleasure to meet yet, it is a joy to be standing here this morning. Uh, for those of you that do know me, I wasn't here last week. Amy was on a, a week-long trip with some friends and horses, and so I had all three girls. Um, it was a week of Survivor in the Hapold House. Um, everybody made it but my beard. Um, so, it is, uh, some people are like, who is that guy? Who's that guy? It is, uh, I just figured I'd clear the air there because Joanna keeps asking me to put it back on, but it, it won't, doesn't work like that. Uh, it, is a, it is a joy that we are gathered here today. And as we've been able to uh, go through our announcements, our children's message, and, and all of our praises and our prayers, and the focal point of God working in our lives and the miracles, and our prayers that you've been able to uh, see maybe a, a little bit differently since we've started uh, this series on how God is working miracles today. And our prayer this morning is that uh, you would continue to have your eyes and your hearts opened. And I, I want to um, let us know that we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke this morning, chapter 13. So if you brought your Bibles with you, or if you have your phone that you have uh, your Bible app on, to open up to chapter 13. But before I start reading any scripture, I want to give us a little bit of context of what's taking place. Because we've, we've come into these, uh, these words of God, and there's a lot of things that are taking place, and, and miracles are happening, and, and we're discussing them. And last week, Pastor Tyler was able to preach on, on how Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the day of rest. And this week, we're also going to talk about what that means in the Sabbath. Um, but there's something that's interesting that takes place before we read the scripture of Jesus healing a woman inside this church. There is... Um, there's this moment where Jesus turns and he shares with his disciples that there is a farmer who's got a tree in his field that has not produced any fruit for three years. And he turns to the person who helps him out, his farmhand, he says, hey, we need to cut this tree down because it's not providing any fruit. And the servant says, well, hold on a second. Would you, would you give me some time with this tree? Maybe I could, I could work around the tree and put some manure down and I can fertilize, I can turn the ground around the tree and maybe something would happen. And the farmer said, sure. But the story ends there. It doesn't tell us that the tree in a year was bearing fruit. It just... A very strange moment, Jesus talking about this farmer, a servant, and this tree that does not bear fruit. And that's going to come out in our message this morning, in our word, okay? So I want you to have that in your mind, the context, as we move into our scripture this morning. Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, 
you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or your donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all the opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all of the wonderful things he was doing. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way that you have given, that you have breathed it, that you, Lord, have provided for us this morning a means and a ways to see you active and moving, not just here in the Gospel of Luke, but also in our lives. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds. May we see, may we perceive, may we understand, know, and live what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we begin this morning with verse 10. We go from this strange parable of Jesus talking about a farmer, a tree, and the servant in a field, not bearing fruit, straight into Jesus on a Sabbath day. He was in a, in a synagogue on a day of rest. So in, in other terms, Jesus went to church on Sunday, and he was there. He was teaching there. Very strange circumstances going from teaching about this farmer in a field into a, into a church. Notice he's giving a parable and then he moves into a moment of teaching in the church. So he's in the church on a day of rest. Something happens. A woman who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. Now, when we read this, this is important because Luke is very, very particular in helping us understand the difference between Jesus casting out demons and healing. Here in this situation, this woman had a spirit that crippled her. She had a possessed demon in her body that needed to be cast out. Luke chapter 4 says this, Jesus is pointing back to what he proclaimed at the beginning of his ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus called this woman forward and said, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. 18 years. That's a long time. 18 years. She was bent over and crippled. 18 years she was held captive. Think about that in your own life. What in your life have you endured or gone through 18 years? As Jen gave the, the beautiful illustration up here, would you be able to do that? Would you be able to do the things? I'm sure we would a, a, adapt or adjust, but 18 years of being crippled over? Hmm. Against all odds in her life and those around her who saw her, interacted with her, she needed a miracle. 
Can you imagine? Circumstances that left men baffled only to be shown the glory of God through Jesus Christ healing this woman. Maybe this woman, we, we don't have a whole lot of the inside, what was going on in her mind, in her heart. Maybe, maybe she accepted that this was going to be the rest of her life. Crippled over, having to adjust. Perhaps everybody around her accepted the fact that she'd never walk again or walk straight. I want you to take a look at this video. And I um, got up on a hay rack to throw bales of hay to my husband, Rob, and um, I was a little over six feet up in the air and um, I got too close to the edge and I fell. When I fell, I, I, my feet were entwined, so it flipped me directly on my head. And um, when that happened, there was a very loud, like, shotgun noise, and um, it was my C1 and C2 breaking. My C1 actually broke on both sides. Um, so I was taken to St. Luke's. They did an x-ray and said, get her to University of Iowa. Um, the accident happened on a Thursday. I, from Thursday till Monday, they kept me under observation because the doctor told my husband that there are only two outcomes to this, um, deaf and quadriplegics. Nine days at the University of Iowa, and they sent me to St. Luke's for rehab, said I'd be there uh, three to five weeks and I was out in eight days. The miracle was um, that uh, not only did I survive, that I am not a quadriplegic, that my doctor was the head of neurology in University of Iowa, and um, he, he told me that it was a miracle. Yeah, I thank God every day that when I wake up, that he wakes me up to another day and, and pray that I know what he needs me to do. I. Um, get a lot of opportunities to share my story and um, I love it because I have a shirt that says you call it lucky I call it blessed and because people always tell me how lucky I am or, or if someone new you know finds out you know that I've seen that I haven't seen since before the accident and, and so I get to to tell them things like um, I'm claustrophobic. If you would have told me I had to lay flat and not move for four days, I, I would have, that would have been, um, that would have been horrifying for me. Um, but I, there were nights that I couldn't sleep because I was in so much pain. And, and then the next thing I woke up knowing that either angels or God was singing over me. And that, was a, a huge part of that miracle was just those first few days where I, I was in so much pain and um, yeah, but that then you wake up knowing you've been sung over by angels. People ask uh, about my accident and I get to tell them all of the parts that, that from what it was to what the miracle was. Praise God.
just as God had worked a miracle in this woman's life, he's worked a miracle in Tracy's life. Falling off of a hay rack, breaking your neck, to all odds, the doctors are saying you should never walk again. To not only being able to walk, but to be able to give a testimony to God's miracle and how he's continuing to work through her to share that with other people. It's truly amazing. A testimony of God's provision, his grace, his love, his control. Faced with uncertainty. What would happen next? How your life would be? All the things that this woman here in the Gospel of Luke had gone through, Tracy had gone through as well. What the doctors proclaimed is a possible outcome. God had different things in mind. And she's walking on her two feet, giving glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As it was then and it is now against all odds, God works his miracles in our lives. I want us to think about something for a second. You remember that story Jesus gave of the farmer and the tree and the servant? Well, the farmer is God and the servant is Jesus and the tree is the church. It's Jerusalem. It's not bearing fruit. And God's saying, I just want to cut it down because it's not providing anything. And she's like, huh, I'll, I'll turn the ground. I'll put manure down. So, I mean, just thinking about that there for a second, the church and putting poop on the church so it could grow. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But Jesus sharing that story moves straight into this moment where he's in the church teaching. Now, did you think for a second, as this woman who's been crippled for 18 years is in the church, not one person approached her. Not one person in this account approached her but Jesus. That makes me stop and think, do you and I do that? Sure, maybe we might not have a, a physical crippling, but do you and I, when we come to church, whether it's on a Wednesday or Sunday or any other day, do you and I just walk by one another or say, hey, how you doing? Nice, nice to have you here. I'm glad that you're here. Without actually stopping to see, maybe there's something in that person's life that's crippling them. I feel very guilty and I, I, I take this to heart because the focal point is the church leader. Not only did Jesus heal this woman, but then the church leader saying, oh, hold on, we have our, our traditions here. We have the way things work, and you're messing with that. And Jesus is revealing to him that he is Lord of the Sabbath. And he calls him a hypocrite. He says, well, you go out and untie your, your animals so they, they can have water. Why would, why would this woman not be able to be loosened from what's crippled her for 18 years? A reflection point for us is as broken humans when we come to church with one another and praise God that this crippled woman of 18 years was in church because there's so many people that'll have a conversation or say, I don't want to go to church. It'll burn down if I walk through those doors. It's not true. I'm here. Okay. And here's the other thing. There's so many people. I don't need to go to church. It's all those nice people that think they have it all together and they're goody two shoes. And, and back in the day, we used to call it Bible thumper. They, they got it all together. They don't need me there. 
here's the reality. This woman is speaking more of a testimony than just being healed. She's speaking to the truth that she knows what she needs. She knows where she needs to be. And yet, the church is silent. To the point where Jesus calls hypocrite and indignant, the upset. There's this bicker back and forth. And so I, I, I want us to think for a moment. What have been your church experiences that have maybe left a bad taste in your mouth? What are your church experiences where you've just walked by somebody and you're, you're thinking to yourself as you sat down or if you left service, you're like, oh, I wish I would have talked to them. And then maybe just brush it off your shoulder. Because we don't know that maybe God wants to work a miracle through us talking to that person. I want to invite us to do something for a minute. If you have something with you, do you have something sitting next to you, whether it's a purse, uh, you got a baby, okay? Um, I've got a bottle of water. Pick something up, could you? Could you pick something up? Just pick it up and hold it up for me. You can hold it wherever, wherever you think you're most comfortable. Keith, I like it. You're like, yeah, got my bottle of water. All right. Okay. So whatever position you, you find yourself most comfortable in, I want you to stay there. All right. You think you're good? You got this? Okay. It's 9.48. We don't get out of here until 10, maybe 10.30 today. You've got to hold that right there that whole time. You know, some of us are thinking, oh, I can do it. It's a challenge. I got this. But then as time goes on, that uh, arm might get a little uncomfortable. Or some of us are like, man, whew, I put my arm up too high. I need to put it down. I didn't put deodorant on this morning. Sorry, neighbor. But over time, whatever it is that you are carrying is going to get heavy. It's going to get heavy. It might be simple as a bottle of water, but over time, if I tried to hold it just like this for a week, my arm would be numb. It'd drive me nuts. People might look at me and be like, that's very strange. Why are you holding a bottle of water like that? But then, you know, maybe perhaps I would get so comfortable with it that I would just accept it, that it is the way it is, and just keep going on day in day out now I want you to think for a moment maybe it's not a water bottle maybe it's something else in your life maybe it's anger maybe it's doubt maybe it's bitterness maybe it's a point in your life that you didn't feel loved or cared for. Maybe it's something in your life that you're trying to cope with or put something else in there that's not supposed to be. We're all carrying something. And if we're not careful to take time to reflect on what we're carrying, we too can be crippled. Crippled by the fact that we can do it ourselves. And that's, 
That's one of the root causes of sin is pride. I've got this, God. I can do it. There are things in every single one of our lives that we are trying to play God with. Trying to say, I've got this. It'll be okay. I don't want to be the dirt that Jesus puts manure on. It stirs around. I don't want there to be fruit. I want the control. And yet still there's the church folks. This is how we do it. These are our traditions. And this is a day that's supposed to be holy. We can't do this and this and this. But you know, whatever that thing is that you're holding on to, you're not meant to. If you're finding your identity in that, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. That's not who you are. Your identity is as a child of God, saved through Jesus Christ's blood on the cross. You know, I love the fact that against all odds, God works this miracle proving to the church, proving to her who he is as the Messiah, as the Savior, the one who's in control, who's lifting her out of this and releasing the spirit from her. He's healing her. Where in our lives do we need God to remove that thing from us that's crippling us? Here's the part that should set us back in our chairs. Praise God. He doesn't care about our rules, our traditions, what your circumstances are, what crowd you're in. He doesn't care about your opinions, whether the time is right or not. He's God, and we are not. As Jesus was indignant towards these religious leaders, he shows us the state of what can happen to our hearts when we're holding on to something and, and saying this is so important, even if it's got the Jesus stickers all over it and, and says and, and looks like gone. But if we're turning it into something that it's not supposed to be, the reality is we're crippled. God wants to remove that from us. And so I don't know where you're at today or what you're going through, but if you are in any way, shape, or form like this woman or like this church, God wants to release you from that. God wants you to know the truth that you are loved. That you're not meant to do it by yourself because you're not strong enough. None of us are. We might be holding on to something we were never meant to carry. Stop lifting and carrying it. You're not the Savior. And I want you to know that there's a moment for you to find your identity and what defines you and who defines you. 
It's not society. It's not the things in your own family. Even, it's not even the words that bounce around inside your head sometimes. It's from the truth of the gospel that you are a child of God. So let it go. Set it down. God is here wanting to work a miracle in your life, big and small and in between. All he asks for us is to not be hypocrites, to not say, God, no, not yet, not ready. I'm not ready. This woman of 18 years sure didn't. She didn't say, oh, nope, this is my new identity. This is who I am. No, thanks, Jesus, not today. No, Jesus moved that spirit and laid his hands on her and she stood straight and she did what? Praised God. After this moment, Jesus in the church, in the synagogue, healing this woman and teaching the church leaders, it moves into the power of a mustard seed. What can happen when that mustard seed is planted and that tree grows and the birds are able to sit upon it? And a mustard seed is really tiny. And what he is saying is that something so small in the act of faith can be so big and monumental that it not only represents itself strength, but it holds and houses other people a place of refuge. So are we willing to let God move the dirt around in our lives? Are we willing to not just walk by that person, to actually get involved in their life? Say, no matter what's going on, I love you. I'm here for you. And that no matter what, God wants to plant that seed of faith in you to spread throughout this world. What is the miracle that you need God to move in your life today? What is it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word of testimony of truth, of teaching. We thank you for the testimony of Tracy Maloda. That you have placed a hedge of protection around her, that you, Lord, have worked a miracle in her life, that she stands as a testimony of what you're doing against all odds, Lord. Against all odds. And Lord, you know each and every single one of us, our circumstances and our situations, the things that we even put ourselves into. Lord, you know the miracle that we need, and it's you. I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would move in our hearts and in our lives. That if there is something we're holding on to, if there's something that's crippling us, something that's identifying us that is not of you, God, that you would remove that that you would free us from any infirmity, from any spirit that might want to cripple us. We pray all of this, Lord, for your glory. 
your kingdom work right here on earth. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.